Welcome to the Paradigms and Perspective Podcast. I am your host, Joe Simmons, and on this podcast, we talk about paradigms and perspectives and how people can achieve different results just by changing their paradigm and their perspectives. Let's get started with today's episode. Entrepreneurship and small business ownership. Today, we're talking about the differences. Now, it seems that everybody wants to call themselves an entrepreneur. And there's a big difference between calling yourself something and actually being it. Uh, I love uh, the quote that I seen today from uh, Chris Dreyer, uh, one of my new LinkedIn connections. So shout out to Chris. But he posted a quote from uh, Peter Drucker one of the top uh, thought leaders on innovation and entrepreneurship. And Peter Drucker said that entrepreneurship is neither an art or in science, it's practice. I'll say that again. Peter Drucker mentioned that entrepreneurship is not an art, it's not a science, it's called practice. But the problem or The issue that I have with these quote-unquote entrepreneurs is that they don't practice true principles of entrepreneurship. It's just more of, you know, good to say that I'm an entrepreneur, but when you really audit them or when you really check their resume, quote-unquote, you see that they're not really an entrepreneur. They're more of a small business owner. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneur, most people don't even know what it means. I can guarantee you if you ask them right now, hey, I give you a million dollars cash if you can tell me what the root word or where the origins of the word entrepreneur or entrepreneurship come from. I guarantee they couldn't tell you. They could not tell you. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now in this segment. The entrepreneurship origins come from the word entrepreneur. Entrepreneur comes from the French word entreprendi. I'll say that one more time. The word entrepreneur comes from the French word entreprendi, which translates to an undertaking, which is the English equivalent of enterprise, which was developed in the early 19th century. Now, like I said, most people don't know this, or most people never knew this. So that is the true origins of being an entrepreneur or engaging in entrepreneurship. Jean Baptiste Say, who's the creator of the word entrepreneur, says that the entrepreneur shifts economic resources out of an area of lower into an area of higher productivity and greater yield. I'll say that one more time. Jean Baptiste Say, who is the creator of the word entrepreneur, says that the entrepreneur shifts economic resources out of an area of lower into higher productivity and greater yield. Small business owners don't do that. I am sorry to be the bearer of bad news. I am sorry to admit that to you, but small business owners do not shift economic resources out of a lower into a higher productivity and greater yield. Matter of fact, yield 
and small business ownership don't even really go into the same sentence or in the same category. When you talk about yield, you're usually talking about investment. You're usually talking about long term. Most small business owners, they have a business because they don't want to work for somebody else or because they want to maybe be, maybe they may be entrepreneurial from the ambition standpoint where because they don't want to work for somebody else, but they don't want to build an enterprise, which is what I talked about earlier, which is what the word entrepreneur comes from. If you ask most quote unquote entrepreneurs, if they want to build an enterprise, they will tell you no. Or if they do say, yeah, I want to build an enterprise, they lying to you. They're not being truthful. They're not being honest because it takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of will. It takes a lot of consistency. It takes a lot out of you emotionally in order for you to build an enterprise. And enterprise usually consists of millions and millions of dollars, maybe even impacting millions and millions of customers. And also it requires, here's a secret, it requires having a team, it requires having staff, not just you in your basement or you in an apartment or you in your house with these quote-unquote solopreneurs. So according to Jean Batiste, that is what an entrepreneur does. An entrepreneur shifts economic resources out of a lower into a higher productivity and greater yield. The monthly entrepreneur masquerade ball. This is basically an event or could be a ball or even a Halloween event where small business owners show up as entrepreneurs because small business owners are not quote unquote sexy. And that's the thing. Most quote unquote entrepreneurs, as I mentioned in the opening, are really small business owners, but it, like I just previously mentioned too, it's not sexy. People have insecurity and they have ego. And so because they don't want to play their role, because they don't want to be proud and say, hey, you know, I'm a small business owner. Because they feel like they might not get credit because they're seeking validation from others. So then they'll just say, well, I'm an entrepreneur because it has gravitas, because it has weight. But I guarantee you, in the 80s, you didn't really hear about entrepreneurship. In the 90s, you didn't really hear people talk about entrepreneurship. Even in the early 2000s, it was still entrepreneurship you really kind of didn't really know. It was only around the time, and I hate to say it, but my generation is to blame for a lot of this entrepreneurship stuff. The millennial generation, like I said, Mark Zuckerberg put on a hoodie. And we saw what he was at him and the team at Facebook was able to build. Now, oh, everybody and their mother and father, now I was like, well, I'm an entrepreneur. Are you really? If we really was to compare you to the entrepreneur principles, just like I mentioned in what John Baptiste said, and we really compared you to real entrepreneurs, how would you stand up? I got a feeling that most quote-unquote entrepreneurs that are really small business owners, you wouldn't do so well. But we need small business owners. We really do. I would only say that we need small business owners to think a little 
further though, to have a bigger vision. A lot of small business owners don't grow into entrepreneurship or just don't grow to have a thriving small business is because of the vision. They don't think further enough. They may have one location or they may have certain things and they have a small team. And because you're not growing, your team can't grow. But that all comes back to your vision. But really, at the end of the day, it, it really comes down to, um, I love what Patrick B. David always says, so a special shout out to Patrick B. David. But like entrepreneur Patrick B. David always says, it comes down to alignment. If your alignment in the marketplace is small business owner, then do that. Or, to quote Bill Belichick, head coach of the Patriots, do your job. Like I said, we need small business owners. If your job is to be a small business owner, do that. But don't let your insecurity and your ego get to you because entrepreneurship is sexy. There's risks and there's sacrifices and there's trade-offs to everything. Like Gary Vee says, you have to make a decision on certain things. That's the only way you're going to know which way to go. But also, too, what Gary says, which is what I believe is, that's, this is the most important thing, self-awareness. You have to be self-aware. But like I said, most people are not self-aware. They see somebody start a business and then they want to do it. Or if they see somebody scale a business to a certain level, and all of a sudden they're an entrepreneur. No. When you go to this master rate, Paul, just be yourself. If you're an employee, be an employee. That's the one good thing I like about employees. Most employees, they'll take their employees. And they ain't happy to be employees. They're not going to try to sit around and tell you that they're anything else but being an employee. A lot of people like the 9 to 5 thing. Especially now, a lot of people now work like the hybrid or working remote. They don't mind having a 9 to 5 or having an employee or working for a company. But they know they're exchanging their talents and their services in exchange for compensation. They're okay with that. But it's only the consultants, the small business owners, or the service providers, or the, uh, the, the the solo business people that now all of a sudden they want to call themselves entrepreneurs. Not only that, this like I said, one of the ones that irritates me is this solopreneur. That is what really gets to me is the whole solopreneur. I just don't understand that about this whole solopreneur. Really? Solopreneur? But, yes, if you show up to the ball, be your natural self. Employees are employees. Small business owners are small business owners. And entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs. And executives are exactly that executives welcome to Panurology 101 you may say joe what are you talking about here's what i'm talking about they really and when i say they i mean the marketplace and society has really got carried away with this whole entrepreneurial label now it seems that they just take the panure off entrepreneur and slap it to everything you're a mompreneur you're a solopreneur. You're an entrepreneur. You're probably a real estatepreneur. 
you probably an architectpreneur. Like it's just it's just ridiculous. Everything is a preneur. And it's like, really? Everything is a preneur? How is that so? I'm just curious. How is that so? Like I said, because it's sexy and because it has gravitas, everybody just wanna say they're a preneur. Oh, I'm a teacher preneur. Instead of just instead of just saying you're an educator, or instead of oh you're uh, oh and then too instead of saying that you're uh, a consultant, you might well be a consultantpreneur. Like if you're a consultant, you're a consultant. If you're a service provider, you're a service provider. But everything is a preneur, and I just don't I just don't get it. It, it irritates me. Now, I know some people can say, Joe, why are you getting your panties in a bunch? Why are you getting so upset? I guess it's just because of the delusion that people have these days. But, like I said, if you're an entrepreneur, a real entrepreneur, then be that. But if you're not, stick to your label. Stick to your classification. Well, I don't like being put in boxes. That's fine. If, you, if that's how you feel. But the delusion has to stop. Because what's going to happen is this. You're going to be delusional until somebody really shows you or somebody really exposes you, then you're really going to be hurt. And you'll be doing yourself a huge injustice because you would have exposed yourself. So, entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs. And just leave it at that. Fundraising Founders. This was inspired by Gary Vee. Which is basically when you get funding from a VC or a venture capitalist or an angel, also known as an angel investor. And it's true, you have a lot of fundraising founders who are not really entrepreneurs. They don't really have no huge vision for the company or they're not even good at the operations or anything else. They just came up with an idea and because Silicon Valley throwing money and because you have these VCs that's looking for the next billion dollar startup, they say, hey, I got an idea. Why don't you fund me? And that's why he call them fundraising founders. It's because their job is all about fundraising. It's not necessarily about adding value, as Gene Batiste said earlier, about shifting economic resources. These fundraising founders are all just about getting money so that they can, like I said, hide their egos. And the backdrop of context for these fundraising founders is because Gary was on the TV show. And I think there might have been like six or seven uh, entrepreneurs or founders there. And out of the six, five of them had raised money and everybody had clapped. And then the sixth uh, group of entrepreneurs, they said, well, unfortunately, we didn't raise money, but we did build a $2 million business from scratch. And nobody really clapped. So Gary was pissed. He was heated. Cause he and he even called it out right there. He was like, he was like, you guys are ridiculous. He said, yeah, these five people, they raised money, but you had this group of people, this these group of entrepreneurs here, that they didn't raise no money. They did everything on their own, and they was able to build a multi-million dollar business without fundraising. And you guys look down on them. Which I think is so true, and I'm glad that he did stand up for those entrepreneurs or those quote unquote founders. But yeah, we have a lot of that these days. These fundraising founders, people just looking for a quick buck or a quick flip. Hey, 
I got an idea. I'm a founder. Let me pitch it. But what these founders don't understand is just like on Shark Tank, you got an easy exit. Now, if you want to cash out, fine. Like I said, if you want to treat like a quick flip in real estate, you buy the property and then you fix it up and then you sell it and then you move on to the next. Well, that's the same thing with what these VCs do, especially on Shark Tank. You could be a founder. You can get it to a certain level. And because the more control you give up, the quicker you're going to be out. So you have to just be okay with saying, hey, I'm just trying to flip. Because you can start a company and they may say, okay, well, we're going to put in like 4 or $5 million for 30% equity. Okay. They may keep, they're going to keep you around for three years. Five years max if you don't, you know, uh, become a problem. You'll spin around. You'll be there for five years. The first five years, the company will take off and be ultra successful. And then they'll dilute your shares and they kick you out of the company. And if you're lucky, they may give you $10 million. But then now they just built a $100 million or even a billion dollar enterprise. And now you're upset because you're looking like, this is the company that I founded. Hey, but you was a fundraising founder. You wasn't a real entrepreneur. You didn't really want to do the grunt work. You just seeing that, hey, they was giving out money. You won the sweepstakes. Now you got to be okay with that. So, um, I recommend on not being a fundraising founder. But, hey, teach his own. If you want to be a fundraising founder, just know the pros and the cons before you make that decision. Now, here is my definition or the modern version of what John Baptiste said, the creator for the word entrepreneur. My definition is as follows. A person or group of individuals who is or are resourceful with current resources to create an enterprise that produces profitable income, creates influence and impact for target markets or niches. I'll say that one more time. My definition is of an entrepreneur is a person or a group of individuals who is or are resourceful with current resources to create an enterprise that produces profitable income, creates influence and impact for target market and niches. That is my definition of an entrepreneur. And not only that, to be considered on the outside, what I consider outside of entrepreneurship, because with on the inside of entrepreneurship, I consider an entrepreneur, which I'll talk about in the next segment. But in my opinion, since we're talking about my thoughts and my definition, the lowest level of entrepreneurship, like I said, on the outside is a lifestyle entrepreneur. And this is usually when you have $2 million in gross revenue and a minimum of five employees. I'll say that one more time. I consider a lifestyle entrepreneur to be a person that has a business that produces $2 million in gross revenue and it has a minimum of five employees. Entrepreneur and entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is somebody who has an entrepreneurial mindset but the only difference between the entrepreneur and the entrepreneur is the capital funding for the enterprise so 
let me go a little bit deeper. Like I said, the difference between an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur is the risk impact. Entrepreneurs have the most to lose. Entrepreneurs can find a new entrepreneur to collaborate with, whereas the entrepreneur has to start over. So, a entrepreneur is basically an entrepreneur that did not put up the money, but that still has what Gary Vee calls entrepreneurial tendencies that can still be successful inside of a company. A good example of this is Microsoft. Bill Gates was the entrepreneur. Steve Ballmer was the entrepreneur. And as an entrepreneur, Steve Ballmer became a billionaire. So that was the only difference, was that Bill Gates was responsible for the finances and getting it funded, and Steve Ballmer was responsible for the execution of the company. And it was a match uh, made in heaven. So that's the only difference is the funding and the risk impact between the entrepreneur and the entrepreneur. Now, small business owners. My definition is this. A small business owner is a person or a group of individuals who creates a business utilizing a talent, skill, or providing solutions to market and niches, replacing employment opportunity costs, and the pursuit of profit. I'll say that one more time. A small business owner is a person or a group of individuals who creates a business utilizing a talent, a skill, or providing solutions to markets and niches, replacing employment opportunity costs and the pursuit of profit. Basically what I said these are people that are talented and that are skilled, but because they don't want to work for somebody else, they start a business. There's nothing wrong with that. But just call yourself a small business owner. I give you three quick examples. Let's say, for example, a doctor, for example. A doctor doesn't want to work for another practice. Or they don't want to work for a hospital. So this doctor will take the risk of starting their own healthcare or their own medical practice. Now, this is also why a lot of times these doctors are don't they don't know about business. They know about healthcare. So usually when you go to these practices, they always have a business manager or they always have an operations manager to take care of the business side of things where they can take care of the healthcare side of things. So once again, that doctor would be a small business owner. Because most doctors, if you really get, if you really have an intellectual business conversation with them, they wouldn't know what you're talking about. They'll have to say, oh, I have to get my business manager. And that's fine. Everybody has a position to play. But like I said, don't call yourself an entrepreneur. You're a small business owner. Same thing, too, in professional services when it comes to attorneys or when it comes to lawyers. That's another thing is, too. It seems like now attorneys and lawyers, they don't want to work for other attorneys and lawyers. Everybody's now going out trying to build their own brand and starting their own law practice. And they wind up being a quote-unquote solopreneur where they're the only attorney in that office and they have everybody else underneath them. It's more of a power trip. It's more of an ego trip. But hey, if you really want to work for yourself, work for yourself. I know I do, but 
that's only because I want to express myself in creative arts. And I know that working for somebody won't have my best interest. But I'm not going to go into business just because of saying that, hey, I want to be a small business owner or I want to be an entrepreneur. If I found a company that would align with what I'm trying to do, I would just go work for that company and probably become an entrepreneur. But because it doesn't exist, I have to go out and create it myself. Then, let's start too. Real estate agent, same thing. A real estate agent don't want to work for a broker and they don't want to work for a company. So what they'll do, they'll start their own real estate farm. And once again, just like the attorney, they won't have, they won't work with other realtors. Or they won't hire other realtors to come work in their uh, in their real estate office. Because they don't want to have to become a partner and cut that real estate agent if they do very well on profit. So usually it'll probably be maybe one real estate agent and they may have three, they may have an office manager that does benefits and they may have two or three assistants that do marketing, lead generation, and everything else and administrative work. But it's the same thing. So, once again, small business owners are people who create a business using a talent, skill, or providing services to markets and niches. Once and for all, this is how you know the difference between a small business owner and an entrepreneur. It comes down to one word scale. Yes, that's right. That is the one word that separates the small business owners from the entrepreneurs is scale. Now, when I say scale, I think about this. Number one, vision. Real entrepreneurs, they think in millions and millions as in revenue and customers. I'm going to say that one more time. Scale. Vision. Real entrepreneurs, they think in millions when it comes to revenue or even billions for that matter. And they think about millions of customers. They're not just thinking, okay, well, I got 2,000 customers. Or we made $300,000 last year. No. Entrepreneurs are thinking 30 million, 300 million, maybe even 3 billion or 30 billion. But they're not thinking about 300,000. Second, strategy. This is how you really this is how you this is how you really expose them when you do this entrepreneurial audit. What is your, your team? Who's on your team and how many people? Training do you provide training for your team? At what level and how deep? Next, development. Are you developing your team and your employees? Next, finances. How complex is it? Next, operations. Next, culture. Next, partnership. So when I say strategy, I want you to be able to give me answers for all of those areas. I'll repeat that one more time. Strategy for team, strategy for training, strategy for development, strategy for finances, 
strategy for operations, strategy for culture, strategy for partnerships, strategy for innovation to add, and also strategy for communications. And when I say communications, I'm talking about branding, marketing, networking, and advertising. I'll say that one more time. When I say communication, what is your strategy for communication? I'm talking about marketing, branding, networking, and advertising. Then let's talk about execution, okay? When you execute, what is the income? What is your influence? And what is your impact on your clients and customers? I'll say that one more time. Execution. What is the income that is received from that execution? What is the influence that is received from that execution? And what is the impact received from the execution? And I'm not just talking about social media neither. I'm talking about publications. I'm talking about real-world results. Just because you may have 5 million followers or you may have 5 million connections or whatever the case may be, that doesn't necessarily make you an entrepreneur. Because as we all know, on social media, you got people that follow you, but they don't buy your products and services. So, and real entrepreneurs, they would rather be business famous than social media famous. I'll say that one more time. Real entrepreneurs would rather be business famous than social media famous. Now, as we all know, like there's levels to everything. And here are the six levels of entrepreneurship. You start with the entrepreneur, the lifestyle entrepreneur, the regular entrepreneur, the serial entrepreneur, the legendary entrepreneur, and then the iconic entrepreneur, which are also known as the international billionaires. So let's go real quickly. Entrepreneur. As I mentioned in the previous segment, the entrepreneur is the entrepreneur with the entrepreneur mindset, but they don't necessarily put up the money or go fundraising money to start the enterprise. They're still very useful and they still can be very productive. It's just that they're not willing to take the risk in order to actually start the company or to fund the company. Next, the lifestyle entrepreneur, which is what a lot of your quote-unquote influencers are. Not all of them, but some of them, the ones that are really making money. As I mentioned earlier, the people that are usually making at least $2 million in revenue and they have at least five employees. These are your lifestyle entrepreneurs. You can always tell because they're talking about their lifestyle. They have a a great uh, work-life balance, or as Jeff Bezos says, they have a great work-life integration. So these are your lifestyle entrepreneurs. And these are usually the people that want to call themselves entrepreneurs so much, but they're really lifestyle entrepreneurs. Going back to the masquerade ball, they don't want to tell themselves that they're lifestyle entrepreneurs because that also is not sexy. So if you call a lifestyle entrepreneur a lifestyle entrepreneur and not just an entrepreneur, then they want to get defensive and then they want to fight you. But really, that's what they are, lifestyle entrepreneurs, because it's based off of their lifestyle. Then you have the entrepreneur or the regular entrepreneur, which uh, 
these are or what I call my entrepreneur 550. These are usually people that have a business of $5 million in gross revenue and they have at least 50 employees. So I'll say that one more time. My definition of a real entrepreneur is somebody that has a minimum of a uh, $5 million gross revenue and they have at least uh, 50 employees. That's really what a real entrepreneur is. Then you have the serial entrepreneur, which is basically a series, meaning that this is this is person that is an entrepreneur and they have multiple businesses at that same level. So they may have three businesses that are making at least five million dollars or more, or they may have ten businesses that are making five million or more, or they might even have two businesses. Well, I would say, in my opinion, I would say serial. You should at least have three businesses. So if you're a serial entrepreneur, you should at least have three businesses at the entrepreneurial level, according to my definition. Then you have the uh, you have the legendary entrepreneurs. These are people that have been doing it at a high level for a long time. I mean, and you can become a legendary entrepreneur in as little as 10 years. But this is more about doing stuff at a high level consistently for a long period of time, at least a minimum of a decade. But Usually, most legendary entrepreneurs have at least 20 years of experience. So, uh, that's the legendary entrepreneur. And a legendary entrepreneur can also be a serial entrepreneur, but it'll be at a high level. So, that's also that too. And then, of course, you have the iconic entrepreneur or the international billionaires. You know, these are people that are industry movers. And, you know, when they say things and they, achieve, they got big accomplishments, people listen. You know, so these could be people like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates. You know, this could be uh, Jay-Z, you know, people like that, that, like I say, they're icons, they're international billionaires at a, at a very, very high level. So I'll go back over the six levels of entrepreneurship one more time. You have the entrepreneur, you have the lifestyle entrepreneur. You have the entrepreneur or the regular entrepreneur. You have the serial entrepreneur. You have the legendary entrepreneur. And you have the iconic entrepreneur. You got six choices to choose from. Choose wisely. Thank you for listening to the Paradise and Perspectives podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time out to listen to this podcast. We really hope that you got some value out of this podcast and that this podcast will assist with you changing your paradigm and changing your perspective so that you can live the life that you was meant to live. And we look forward to seeing you in another podcast episode. Thank you and have a good day.